Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It is October the 7th, 2022, and I am so excited for the conversation that we have for you awesomes today. I am thrilled to welcome back to Sorta Awesome, Kate Nixon-Anania. Hi, Kate. Hi, Meg. How are you? Doing good. Even better now that we get to chat today. (laughs) I'm so thrilled for this topic. Now, you guys know Kate. She has joined me here on the show before to share all kinds of really top-notch information and advice with us. She's talked about making money decisions. She's talked about what to buy at Trader Joe's and also how to cook with less meat and more plants. Today, Kate, you are sharing some fantastic advice on a topic that you know really well, and that's moving, right? Yes, unfortunately. I'm an expert in (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of one of those topics where you're like, I do know a lot about this, but I kind of wish I didn't. <laughs> yes, exactly. I kept thinking like, it's not so much how to make it more awesome so much as how to make it less awful. Yes, less awful, maybe a little less stressful. Moving is one of those things that all of us have to tackle for the most part a couple of times in life. And Kate has a lot of experience. She's going to get into her story and like how it is that she knows so much about moving here in a little bit when we get into the conversation. But she has some really, really great advice for all of us about the practical parts of moving as well as, you know, the emotional parts when you're settling into a new community. So we're going to get to all of that in just a few minutes. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes, to the show that loves to support you in becoming smart, strong, and social. If you've been looking for amazing women to connect with and a community that will support you no matter what age or stage of life you're in, I'm really happy to tell you that you've come to the right place. And friends, I was so surprised over the weekend, our Amazon holiday toy catalog showed up in the mailbox. Here we are. It's the beginning of October. I know some of you are starting your shopping list already. So just a quick reminder that we would really love it if when you're doing your Amazon shopping, if you would use the Sorta Awesome affiliate link. It is so easy to do. It's totally free for you. Believe it or not, it really does help support Sorta Awesome when you shop through our link. All you have to do is go to SortaAwesomeShow.com slash Amazon. When it's internet magic, you guys, when you type in SortaAwesomeShow.com slash Amazon, it's going to take you right to the Amazon homepage. You just do all of your Amazon shopping as normal. When you check out, Amazon's going to send a few dollars and cents our way. And it's a great way to support the show doing something that you're probably going to do anyway. So one more time, when you're shopping Amazon this fall and holiday season, you can support Sorta Awesome by going to SortaAwesomeShow.com slash Amazon. All right, Kate, we have so much ground to cover. I feel like the awesomes today are going to get treated to a masterclass on moving. You have put together so much for us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've done this a lot. So yes, I am so excited to get into that. But before we do that, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. 
if you're new to Sort of Awesome, I'll let you know that Awesome of the Week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life a little bit more awesome right now, whether it's a book or a TV show, music, movie, product, whatever's bringing that extra gold sparkle that we all need to our lives. Kate, I'm so intrigued. What did you pick for Awesome of the Week this week? I brought a book series called the okay. Scholomance series by Naomi Novik. Okay, the Scholomance Golemance. Have you heard of them? Sounds like no, them. not at all. I think you are going to love them. So this is like if you could package dark academia <gasps> into a book. Okay. This I'm whole sold. series is the darkest dark academia that has ever been written. Okay. I'm in. So Naomi Novik is a fantasy writer. And she's done a few kind of standalones that are pretty well known. So she did Spinning Silver and she did Uprooted, which are both very good. And she's done another series, but this series blew me away. It's so good. The third book of the series, it's a three book series, came out this week, last Tuesday, actually. Okay. And on Monday, I went for a hike with a friend who I knew also read it. And on the hike, I kept thinking like, okay, it's coming out tomorrow. It's coming out tomorrow. Don't be a weirdo, Kate. Like, don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. And then halfway through the hike, my friend said, you know, the third book is coming out tomorrow. And I was like, I know, I've been praying. <laughs> I've been praying to hold it in. I can't stop thinking about it. I'm so excited. So oh my gosh. Out. I love that moment of bookish connection when someone oh. brings it up and you're just like bursting. You can't wait to talk about it. I was so excited. So it's out. I finished it yesterday. It was everything I dreamed of. So I was trying to think about how to explain this plot because it's a really difficult plot. Yeah. But suffice it to say, it is masterful world building in a school where you have this kind of surly, cranky teenager who's your main character. And you really understand why she's surly and cranky. She is just having a hard time of it. And she's in this school situation that is not good, but it's better than the alternative situation. And she's dealing with all sorts of stressors. And then all of a sudden, this like golden retriever boy who everyone loves befriends her. And he's just like a happy, cheerful boy. Yes. And they're a weird pairing, but it is so, so good. And I will say that a big premise of this book is that there are a lot of things attacking them all the time. Okay. All right. Which is, so I told you it's hard to explain. I could track with that. So to get into it, the first couple chapters, you're like, this is a lot of anxiety for a fantasy book, but you just have to work through it. It's totally worth it. Totally worth it. Okay. This sounds amazing. So again, the whole series is called Scholomance. Right. And the first one is called A Deadly Education. A deadly education. All right. I love dark academia. This is the time of year for that genre for sure. So I'm so excited. I can't believe this has not been on my radar because this is exactly the kind of book that I like to reach for. I think you'll like it. Yeah. Awesome. We'll have a link in the show notes for you guys to check that out if you want to. Kate, as it turns out, I also have a book. Great. And it's also in the fantasy genre. We are like <laughs> on the same wavelength today. It's the season. Sure. It's the season. It is the season. I think you're right. And mine is like on the opposite end of this is like a very low anxiety fantasy book. So the name of the book is called The House Witch. And it's by an author out of Canada whose pen name is Delamhawk. 
And this is like a humorous, kind of lightly romantic, what I like to call, and many of us are discovering as a genre, cozy fantasy. So this is a very low stakes kind of fantasy situation where the main character, who is a man, a male protagonist, his name is Finn, and he is a house witch. He runs the kitchen for the royal family. So as the story opens, he is just getting settled in like his first day on the job as a cook for the king and queen of this land, this fantasy land. And he's kind of getting settled in. And, you know, we get right into it with the coziness factor because there's all these kitchen smells and foods. And because he is a house witch, he likes to imbue a lot of magic and healing into his cooking. So the whole story kind of unfolds with him finding his place in this royal setting in fantasy. Also, he has to keep it a secret that he is a witch and uses magic. So he's kind of like trying to guard his own secrets, but he keeps running into the secrets of other characters. And I would say this is pretty light on romance. So if you're like a diehard romance reader and that's what you're looking for, I don't think this would necessarily scratch that romance itch for you. But if you're looking for just something that's cozy, charming and sweet for the fall season and has a little bit of magic in it, I think that this book, The House Witch, is the perfect recipe for fall reading. That sounds wonderful. I love media that has to do with talking about food stories around food. So that sounds like something I will definitely put on my list. That sounds really nice. So good. So good. And I want to mention I read it on audio. The narrator, Matthew Wolf, is really fantastic as well. As you know, that can really make or break your experience of an audiobook. And he does a really great job with this one. So all right, we've got you guys all set up with some fall reading with our Awesomes of the Week. Again, we'll have links in the show notes for you guys to go and check those out. Kate, we have so much to get to. We're going to get to all of your great advice and how it is that you know so much about moving. We're going to get to all of that when we come right back. Okay, friends, now a quick break to tell you about one of my favorite brands, Cozy Earth. Now, you guys, I don't mind to tell you that I've always been a person who looks forward to bedtime every night. I mean, I am an Enneagram 9. You know, we love our sleep. I'm also a mom to five. So yeah, I love bedtime. But lately, I have been obsessed with bedtime because of our Cozy Earth sheets. Thanks to Cozy Earth, I've never had a better night's sleep in my life. And now Cozy Earth is making the comfiest loungewear in my life. Cozy Earth has developed and crafted high quality goods with responsibly and sustainably sourced materials from the earth. Cozy Earth's women's loungewear is crafted from the same breathable and luxurious material as their bedding, and it offers optimal comfort while maintaining a flattering and elegant fit. Plus, Cozy Earth has even been featured on Oprah's favorites list four years in a row, and they have a 10-year warranty on all of their products. They have all sorts of clothing to try on, tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, joggers. They even have scrunchies. I just put in my order for the women's rib knit bamboo hoodie dress, a hoodie dress for the fall in the coziest and comfiest of fabrics. It's making my heart so happy right now. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for you awesomes, 35% off site-wide when you use the code awesome. Go to CozyEarth.com and use code awesome for 35% off site-wide. 
Hey, Awesomes, we know that lots of you, like myself, like Rebecca, that lots of you in our awesome community have been on a journey to embrace our wavy hair, go bigger with our curls, and lots of us talk online and offline about the products that we're using to really enhance the curls that we want to show off, that we love showing off, but finding the right products can sometimes be tricky. But I am here to testify it is easier than ever to keep your curls, your hair healthy and beautiful with less brands. Less brands completely simplifies your curly hair routine. Their system is only three easy steps. You know you can trust the less shampoo and conditioner to be gentle and nourishing for your hair, and it's never going to weigh down your curls and your waves. My very favorite product from Less is the All-in-One Styler because it replaces replaces all of those mousses, those leave-ins, the styling gels. It replaces them all and it works even better. Our hair loves Lust Brands and yours will too. See for yourself why they have over 30,000 five-star reviews. Right now, you awesomes can get 15% off of your first purchase of $50 or more, but only when you go to lustbrands.com and enter promo code awesome. That's L-U-S brands with an S.com and promo code awesome. Don't wait, you guys. Go get 15% off of your order with promo code awesome at lustbrands.com. Okay, awesomes, we are back. And again, today, I'm so thrilled to have Kate Nixon Anania. So many of you in our awesome community know Kate, and you know she always brings the good stuff when it comes to giving advice. But Kate, let's kind of start with like, what is the story on how it is that you know so much, more than you'd like to know probably, about how to have a little bit more of an awesome move? Yeah. So the kind of baseline answer is that I'm a military spouse. And okay. so- as a more adult person, I have moved, I think, a lot more than, than other people yeah. at my age have. But but even before I met my husband, I counted up in the decade before I met my husband, I moved 16 times. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. By yourself? By myself oh my before gosh. I had even gotten married. So we could blame the military, but I don't think that's actually fair. <laughs> Okay. So I've just moved a lot. And that means I've also moved a lot kind of in leaner ways and less expensive ways. But also I've done full household moves across the country and back again. I've done every kind of move that you can imagine other than moving overseas. I've done it all. Wow. Okay. That is a lot of moving. I grew up with my dad was like military adjacent. And so in kind of this, not maybe as often as many military families have to move, but about every four years, we moved to a different community. And so as a kid, I kind of got into some of the rhythms of moving. And of course, Kyle and I have made a few moves as adults, but oh my gosh, my experience absolutely pales compared to what you have had going on. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. It's uh, but it's challenging, you know, and I'm here to share to make everyone else's lives easier. Good. Okay, because that's what we're going to talk about. You know, whether you are excited about the move, whether it is, you know, sad or a bittersweet move, really, regardless of the emotions around the move, there are some physical things that have to happen, the tangible, like the work of moving. So maybe let's go ahead and kind of get started there with just like the actual like physical stuff. Get us started on some of your advice for that. The first advice I think is probably the most obvious advice, which is don't move anything you don't want. So declutter way before. So if you know a year in advance that you're going to have to move, a year in advance, you start decluttering. Okay. And there's 
so much that you can declutter. I've downsized, you know, every time we move, kind of the shape and size of our home changes. I've downsized, I've upsized, downsizing is hard, but it's also saves so much more work on the back end if you're not pulling things along that, you know, people have boxes that they've never unpacked. Just, oh my gosh, stop moving those. Yes. And speaking of that, my parents would move from house to house because often, even though we were moving communities every four years, we often moved house in between those moves. My parents had boxes that literally would never get unsealed. They would just go from house to house to house. And I'm super curious too, you mentioned, you know, having like a year in advance. I know that's not usually the case with the military, but just like on average, And I'm sure it's different in different positions and different branches and those types of things. But how much notice do you usually have before the next move? We've usually gotten about six months notice. Six months, okay. Yeah, it's not always the case. It depends. But usually you start to know that there's a move cycle. You don't know when you're or where you're going or exactly when, but you know, like, okay, Okay. you're coming to the end of your work period in this location. So we usually have a little bit more notice. A lot of families don't, but we've been lucky. Yeah. Decluttering before you move is so helpful. And Kyle and I have lived in this house for 10 years. And sometimes we're like, we just need to move just so it makes us clean the house out. Because Honestly, it's it helps a, a lot. It really does. Yeah. It really does. You're really only taking with you that way the things that you really do want to put the time and effort into, like packing and unpacking and all of those things. Yeah. All exactly. right. So do a good declutter before you go. Mm-hmm. And my Next advice, which is really, really for if you are on the younger, kind of more mobile end of the scale, or maybe if you have some older kids, some college kids, if you can avoid owning furniture that you care about, hold off on that for as long as you can. Okay. Because a lot of time buying used furniture is a lot cheaper than moving the furniture that you have. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Used furniture market is... The used furniture market is incredible and really inexpensive and buying furniture and moving it is it's probably going to get damaged, first of all, which is an unfortunate reality. Yeah. But also a lot of furniture now is not really heavy hardwood. And so it's particle board. It's going to get damaged. It's going to fall apart. So you might as well sell what you've got and then just buy fresh used or fresh. But yes, paying to move furniture if it's not really nice furniture is almost never worth it. Oh my gosh. I feel completely mind blown just thinking about this right now. It never would have occurred to me to just be like, well, let's just put this on Facebook Marketplace and we'll find something new when we land. But yeah. it makes so much sense because I'm sure that those heavier items really do add up. Heavier, they, they take up so much space. So depending on how you are paying for the move, like you could save yourself so much with just not hauling around furniture. That is mind boggling to me. Well, and so my very best tip, which is not actually that good of a tip anymore, because I think it went the way of COVID. But I know so it used to be that you could ship essentially unlimited numbers of boxes and bikes, no furniture, but you could ship like large goods on Amtrak or on Greyhound for super inexpensive, like $20 a box. Oh, my gosh. So cheaply. Yeah. And so you just have to have someone on the other end to pick it up at the station. Now, Amtrak said Amtrak's website is still up, but it says Uh that it's paused. So I'm telling the awesomes about it anyway, because if the website is up, then maybe it's not gone forever. I have hope. And then Meg Greyhound canceled it three days ago. Oh, I know. But in Canada, it still exists. So I just want everyone to just before you do a big move with a teenager or a teenager, a college kid. 
and you start, you know, wondering about how to, you know, rent a U-Haul to move all the cheap furniture that they own, just do a quick Google, see if you can put everything on Amtrak because that is the cheapest way to do a move to almost anywhere in the U.S. It's great. Okay. Again, never would have thought of that. It makes so much sense, though, that that would be a lot cheaper to be able to do it that way. And hopefully some of those services will come back with time. I was like, the website's still there. So maybe, maybe it will yeah. come back. I have yes. hope. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Those are such fantastic things to think about in terms of like the furniture part of it. As you very well know, the furniture is one thing and it's big and it's bulky and there's decisions to be made. But then when it comes to just like the stuff of your house that just <laughs> you can feel like you're packing for days and then you look around your house and there's like still so much left to do. So let's kind of talk about if you're moving your whole household, what are some of your best tips about that? Well, so you are going to be packing for days. So my general approach whenever we have the time in the warning is six weeks ahead of time, I start packing. Okay. And I say three boxes a day. And that way I don't lose my mind because it doesn't actually take that long to do three boxes every day. Yeah. One of the funniest and hardest parts of moving is coming up with enough packing material to actually move. Yes. So you're going to become like a box greyhound. You're going to like, or a bloodhound. (laughs) You're going to sniff them out anywhere you go. You're going to see a box. Like you're going to, anytime you go out to eat at a restaurant, you're going to be like, I wonder if they have boxes in the back. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to become absolutely like box obsessed. (laughs) Totally obsessed with boxes. But you can always buy boxes, but I personally never do, first of all, because there's so many, already so many boxes available for free in the world. Yes. And you can get them, you know, all over. The best thing to do is to kind of be a creep in your neighborhood and try and find a family that's moving in and then say, yeah. hello, can I do the work for you and take your boxes away? For sure. Because I'm moving. I don't believe in paying for new shipping materials. I just think there's enough out there. You just have to find it. And I always give myself enough time so that yeah, that way I can do it. To collect it. Exactly. And I also don't go for, you know, bubble wrap or any of that stuff because I always kind of do a two in one. I usually wrap everything that's delicate in things like towels or sheets. Okay. Winter clothes, if it's summer, anything yes. like that. Yes. Because you're already going to be moving it. Why add extra weight, right? Why add more right. boxes? You might as well just use what you already have to keep your yes. things protected. Again, yeah. these are mind-blowing tips, but the more you do it, the more you get. For sure. Yeah. And then another tip that really helps because movers, especially if you're using used boxes that have someone else's labels on them, yeah. you come up with a color coding label system for yourself. So either get okay. washi tape or get those little dot stickers and say yeah. everything blue is going in the kitchen. Everything red is going in the bedroom. And that way you don't have to remove everything once you get to where you're going. Right. So smart. And also kind of helps you think ahead too, in terms of like how much space you're going to have in different rooms and how much you need to like adjust before you leave. Again, maybe do a little bit more decluttering if you're downsizing. It gives you kind of a visual of how much is going into the new place too when you do that. Exactly, exactly. And then when you're packing and unpacking, kitchens are the worst. And kitchens are also usually the thing that you want to do last because you're living in your house right until you move. Mm -hmm. So kitchens can be really hard. So just make sure that you pace yourself (laughs) when you're doing kitchen stuff. Um, also because, you know, every individual glass needs to get wrapped separately. And so it just ends up taking a lot of volume. So whatever you think you need for the kitchen, double it and that to go far. That makes sense. Yeah. So unfortunately, 
sometimes, often, some things go wrong in a move. And so one of the things that you really want to do is document everything. So you want to take pictures of everything you own and the condition that it's in before you send it off. So especially valuables, any family heirlooms, anything that you would be really devastated if it got smashed because things get smashed. And the other thing that I think is worth it, depends how you feel, but you can put a GPS tracker or one of those like trackers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one of those trackers inside your home goods. So that way, if the moving truck goes missing, if you don't know where your things are, you can look on your phone and say, okay, now I see where it is. That is so smart. And that's a little bit of technology that I had never even really fully knew that that existed. <laughs> so that is such a great way to use that, though, to keep track of just like where, like literally where is our stuff? Yeah, You can track via your phone now and those trackers. That is so cool. And that can help you too on the back end when, you know, a moving company will give you an estimate if you're doing a big move to figure out if it's where it is across the country, right? But if you're planning on your things to get there on Tuesday and on Monday, they're still uh, at your old house, right? Then like, yes. you know, you can kind of adjust accordingly. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. So smart. Such a great way to use technology when we are moving. Okay, so I guess before, or maybe like sometimes these decisions are made for us, like if maybe in the military, do they hire movers for you to to do all of this? Are you in charge of that? How does that work on your end with a military move? So we can actually choose either. We can either say the military is going to do everything for us, which I will say, I don't think the quality of those moves, we've had mm -hmm. a lot of stuff smashed, which like, yeah, I think that's, you know, it's not their stuff. So they don't care as much. Yeah, but it's a lot less work for us. It does take a long time. And we've also done it ourselves. So we've gotten pods and loaded them up ourselves and said, okay. And a lot of that has to do with our timelines and how long we want to wait and, you know, when our rent is or lease ends in one place and when the next one starts. Sometimes that doesn't line up with the military schedule. Right. So we have to do it ourselves. Yeah. But they will do it, you know, if we have the inclination to wait, to wait around, we could wait. Right. So you've done a little bit of both. You've done it with the professional movers. You've done it yourself. What are some of the things like the thought process that goes into choosing which one's going to work best? I mean, obviously, I'm sure that just budget comes into play. Yes, budget comes into play. Also, even if budget comes into play, if you or your moving partners have any sort of a chronic injury, I would always ring for having someone else help you because the labor that you're going to be doing just to unpack if you've had someone's back go out, then all of a sudden you're down a whole yes. So to me, if that's a concern, it's worth it to pay because otherwise you're going to end up paying in a different way. Yes, definitely. I would also always get a professional if you've got a house with a lot of stairs or if it's a house where most of the living space is upstairs. Or if you own a lot of heavy things, if you own a piano, don't do it yourself. <laughs> That's a terrible yes. idea, right? If you have a really yeah. heavy safe, anything like that, or if you own a full gym that you use in your house with a lot of weights, things like that are really, you know, you don't want to do that alone unless you have, I don't know, a, a basketball team worth of teenagers <laughs> in your house, right? It's just not right. worth it, I think. But otherwise, you can save a lot of money by moving yourself and probably your things are going to be taken a little bit better care of. Right. So there is a trade-off there, right? It's hard work, but also it's a little bit less anxiety about, you know, is my stuff going to make it there in one piece. I'm super curious when you've done a self move, have you ever done one of those pods for moving or have you mostly done traditional like moving van situation? 
No, we have done pods. We were very happy with the pod. I will say if you're going to do a pod by yourself, watch a lot of YouTube or enlist someone to help you who has done a pod before because loading up a pod is like a magical Tetris skill that like, it's like Mary Poppins bag in there. You walk in, you're like, oh, we could just live in here. They're so big. (laughs) Yes. But there's also a whole system for how to stack things and you need ratchet yes. straps and it's just this whole thing. And so I would really recommend don't go in cold, do some research and or get up, not a professional, but someone who's done it before to help you figure it out. But we were really happy with the pod. Okay. It was easy. Yeah. Yeah. And the great thing is, like you mentioned, you can teach yourself anything on YouTube. And so the fact that people have gone in and kind of given you guidance and tutorials for like, if you're going to do a pod, here's what you need to know. Oh, so smart. So smart. And I'm sure makes a self move so much easier. What else do you have along the lines of like self move tips? So the most important thing for a self move is that you need to have a hand cart and maybe two. Don't do any moving without a hand cart. Yes. It will make your life so much better. Yeah. And I think a lot of times you can just like rent those maybe like at Lowe's or Home Depot or places like that. So you can rent them. We own our own, of course, right? Yeah. Because that's where we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But yes, you can rent them. And also, I don't think they're even that expensive to own. So yeah. 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 If you're like us. It's an investment. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And honestly, they kind of do come in handy. And, you know, every now and again, you never know when you're going to need one around the house. So it's true. Whenever all your neighbors will love you that you have. Oh, that. for so sure. Yes, exactly. for sure. For sure. Okay. So if you've gone through, you know, you've made your decision, we're going to either do professional movers, we're going to do it ourselves, DIY it, you know, all of the sort of like back in logistic decisions being made. And now it's time to bring all of that stuff that you've packed into the new house. Tell us about what we need to know to make those first, that entry into the new place a little bit more awesome, as awesome as it can be. Well, so the very first thing is don't put anything in your house until you've cleaned it. Yeah. Because even when they've had a professional cleaner, it's still not it's not going to be clean the way you want it to be. And even if it's a brand new house, there's going to be dust. There's going to be, you know, whatever it is. So I always pull out my cleaning equipment. I make sure that I have that nearby or I say, okay, I'm just going to have to buy new stuff when we get there. Yeah. If we're flying to wherever we're going, but I always try to clean the house because it's so much harder to try and make it feel clean once all your stuff is in it. You know, the tornado has arrived. Right. So I always, always do at least a quick wipe down and a mop so that everything feels a little less strange and a little less uncomfortable. Yes, absolutely. That totally makes sense. Yeah. And then the other thing before you get there, so we always assume that our things are going to go missing, maybe. Okay. Just like have that as the baseline expectation. Like, yeah. And the longest we've gone without our stuff is six weeks. So we've lived through it, right? It happens more often than you would want. And so we have a list of things that you need in order to kind of not just survive in an empty house, but also be comfortable and not just be, you know, living off of paper plates. So things like camp chairs and a lamp. So when you're sleeping on the floor in your air mattress, you've got a lamp near your bed that you can turn off instead of having to get up and down off the mattress all night, which is nice. Things like your own knives and a bath mat so you don't slide all over the bathroom every time you're trying to take a shower totally yes so I have a whole list oh 
most importantly, a wine opener, of course. Of course. Of course. Top of the list. Listen, yes. If you're going to survive the move, that's the first thing. <laughs> so I have a whole list that I keep in my phone because every time we yes. move, I think, what are these things that I need? So I keep all that stuff separate as much as I can. And it's really just about a carload's worth of stuff. It's not crazy. Yeah. So if you're doing a drive, you can bring all this stuff with you, or you can borrow a lot of it from neighbors, from buy nothing. Goodwill has, you know, all the cooking things that you need. You don't need your pan. You just need a pan, right? Yeah, so yeah. you can do a lot of kind of subbing in and you don't have to replace your whole house if you know that you hope that your things will get there eventually. But sometimes you do yeah. need some interim products. For sure. I mean, six weeks is a long time. You know, if I think about like the time in between like leaving a place and settling in the new place, like longest, maybe four or five days, which, you know, you're kind of like, okay, we'll just like live on fast food until then. But six weeks, no, you got to have like some working stuff in the house with you. And Kate is so generous. She said that she is happy to share her list that lives in her phone with the awesome. So keep an eye on social media. We're going to put that in the hangout group and on sort of awesome Instagram. And so we'll have links for where you can find us on social media there. So yeah, that's so first of all, generous for you to share that with us. And also, when it comes to details, when you're in the thick of it, you're not thinking like, what are the bare minimums that I need to get my family or my even myself through a week with absolutely nothing in this house? You're just like not in detail mode. So yeah, to have that list that you can just go to and be like, oh my gosh, yes, that's right. I do need a bath mat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And this list has worked so well for me that, you know, after we finally got our stuff after weeks and weeks and weeks of wondering... We got it. And I thought, well, do we even need any of this? We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we have all this other stuff? We can get rid of all this stuff. Exactly. It's amazing what a little forced minimalism could do <laughs> <laughs> for your view on what you need. So, all right. So you've gotten settled in. Hopefully you've gotten your furniture, your belongings, all of that stuff in it. Now it is time for unpacking, which I actually do kind of like the process of unpacking. It's kind of, to me, it always reminds me of like when I was little and I had doll houses and like moving things around. And of course that was a lot easier with a doll house than a real house. But to me, it's so exciting to think about, okay, this is my stuff. Where's it going to go in this new place? So what are some of your tips for the unpacking part of the process? I think we're opposite people. I love the packing part. Oh, do I'm you like, really? That's I'm so like, funny. We'd be a good team together to make yes. a move. <laughs> well, you're getting a phone call next time we have to go somewhere. So I find the unpacking process to be really mentally exhausting because of all the little decisions about, you know, where do things go? Is this going to fit? Do I have to buy something different? What if I can use my old stuff? Oh, it's exhausting. So especially, like I said, the kitchen is like, it's always going to oh, be yeah. the worst. Yes. And so it really has helped me to say, it doesn't actually matter if I pick the right spot the first time, because it's a process. And we're just going to work through it as we live here. And it doesn't have to be the right layout the first time. I'm just trying to empty the boxes. So to me, just keeping that at the very front of my mind as I'm having decision fatigues is it doesn't matter where, just pick a place. Doesn't really matter. We'll fix it later. So that has helped me a lot with kind of the mental exhaustion that I get from unpacking. But now I'll just call you and now <laughs> solve the problem. I'll come over, I'll bring you a bottle of wine and I'll get to work. <laughs> that, this is ideal. This sounds perfect. Well, I think too that you have like such a, packed into that tip is like such a great mindset thing because 
truly for anyone, again, whether it's a happy move, a sad move, or a totally neutral move, there's that feeling of being unsettled of like, I don't know where anything is. Everything feels wrong. Everything feels topsy-turvy. Like you said, it feels like a tornado hit. And I think just reminding yourself with that mindset over and over, like it's not always going to feel this way. You know, it feels like chaos now. It won't always be this chaotic. And to just keep reminding yourself, coming back to get centered on the fact that, of course, everything feels out of place because it physically is. And eventually that you will get settled into the new place, I think just kind of helps ease a little bit of that tension and stress. Yeah, exactly. All right. What else as you're unpacking? What else do we need to know? All right. So the last thing you remember how I said, walk around your neighborhood and find a family that's moving in. Now is the time to do the opposite and try and pay it forward. Get rid of all your moving stuff by giving it away to other people who are moving. Disposing of moving materials is a huge amount of work by itself. And so if you can do a handoff that will save you so much labor and just like trips to the dump with your, you know, millions of boxes that are now cluttering up your crazy tornado house. Yes. And I don't know if it's because I'm an ENFP and I always am thinking about connections with other people, but I think there's just like something really powerful when you are either getting moving supplies from someone who just moved or giving yours away just for like this brief moment of time. But like we were in this together. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I have all this stuff. You need all of this stuff. I'm happy to help. It's just kind of brings a little bit more of the like humans helping humans element to the whole process for sure. So Oh my goodness, this was so great to talk through like the practical stuff. And just like you said, you told me, I mean, I said, you've told me some things that blew my mind and I've moved a number of times. So this logistical part has been so helpful. But I know too that you have some advice for like the personal life stuff, how you get settled into a new community. So I want to dig into that, just like the personal aspect of it, the emotional, the mental aspect of it. And we're going to talk to Kate more about that when we come right back. Okay, friends, so at the top of the show, I talked about how much I loved the book, The House Witch, and how much I enjoyed listening to it on audio. If you know me, you know I always have my earbuds close at hand. I'm always listening to something. And because of that, you can trust me when I say I love Raycon wireless earbuds. I've got them with me all the time. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. They've got these optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable, they're not going to fall out while you're going about your life trying to listen to your favorite podcast. They will not budge. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are also priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder that the everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. And because I listen to a lot of things with my Raycon earbuds, I listen to music, I listen to podcasts, I listen to audiobooks. I love that they offer you customizable sound profiles. So you're going to get your best audio experience no matter what you're listening to. I love my Raycons. My husband, who is very picky about products, loves his Raycons too. So you guys go to buyraycon.com slash sorta today and use our promo code sorta to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash sorta with our code sorta to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash sorta. Use code sorta. Okay, I've got a little message for the grown-up awesomes who are listening. It's time for us to gather around and talk about how important it is that we talk to each other about the products that are really enhancing our lives 
even in including our sex lives. You guys know I have been raving about how much I love the Awaken Arousal Oil from Foria. And I'm not the only one who loves it. I get messages in my DMs and personal text messages from friends who are also obsessed with the Awaken Arousal Oil. And that's because better sex starts with Foria. You may not think that you need extra help in the bedroom, but I promise you, you're going to be pleasantly surprised by how much better and more pleasurable your sexual experiences can be. Foria is using all natural and plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. The reason I love the Awaken Arousal Oil is it's like this really powerful warm-up that really helps you to get turned on. It increases your pleasure. It deepens your orgasms with a partner or solo. And that's because Awaken uses CBD and warming sensation-inducing organic botanicals that enhance your arousal, sensitivity, pleasure, access to orgasm, and help with any discomfort you might be feeling. And when you use them together, Foria's Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil are the perfect combo for peak pleasure. So yes, you have my permission to try this. I fully endorse you to go ahead and treat yourself to more, deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it and as often as possible. And you can start with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal for you awesomes. Get 20% off of your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash awesome or use code awesome at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash awesome for 20% off of your first order. I recommend trying their Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil together. You're gonna thank me later. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, awesomes, we're back. We're talking to Kate Nixon and Anania today about how to make moving just a little bit more awesome, or at least, you know, not as terrible as it sometimes feels. We've talked through the logistics, and there is a lot there. And that's, you know, just kind of the process, the sort of business of moving. But then once you get settled in into your home, now you're looking around and it's like, okay, either I'm in a new neighborhood, a new addition, I'm in a new city, I'm in a new state, or sometimes even in a new country. You have moved communities so many times. And I know that you've kind of like put together some ideas along the way. It's not ever probably going to be painless. But what are some little things that you've learned along the way that you could share to make it just a little bit less intense, maybe on that feeling of moving into a new community? Yeah, so it's really even when it's a move that you're really excited about and you've chosen and you've said, this is what I want, it's still so hard because everything is new. You are unsettled. And so one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten when I was in my early 20s, I had moved from a city that I loved to a very rural area, like rural, like it was an hour to the grocery store rural. Oh, wow. That I had a bad attitude about living there. (laughs) I wasn't super excited about it. And I have a good friend who I'd been complaining and he sat me down and he said, Kate, everyone around you chose to live here Mm. for a reason. Yes. And that has stuck with me everywhere I've moved because one of the things that helps me a lot is to think about why did the people around me choose to live here? And, you know, sometimes it's not going to be my reason. Maybe they live here because they have family or they have a job or whatever. 
but people chose to live here and they're happy enough here that they haven't left. So what is that reason? Why are they there? And how can I make some of those reasons my own? So that has helped a lot when I'm having trouble settling in or when we've gone somewhere that I don't really want to be. It's helped me a lot to say, okay, what are the reasons? And so for the first couple of weeks or the first couple of months, however long I have to do it, sometimes my husband and I will say, okay, every night we're going to come home and we're going to say three good things that we learned about this area that it's a little better, right? Like I found a grocery store that seems like it's going to work for me. Or like there are these beautiful flowers that I've never seen before that grow in this area. And isn't that nice? Things like that, that like, okay, you just have to pay a little more attention about why you're here and the things that you can get in this place that you weren't able to get wherever you were before. Right. I love that. I mean, that truly to me is like the heart of sort of awesome ethos is, you know, finding a little awesome in the everyday. And when you are in that time of life where things are feeling kind of unawesome, again, like you said, even for a happy move, it still takes some adjusting to really be intentional about finding those little pockets of awesome along the way can really help you to start to embrace like here I am. And this is what I am so excited is here waiting for me. So I love that. Yeah, so that's been really helpful for kind of the mental part. And I will say that even on moves that I'm so excited about, the first six weeks are just terrible. They're just awful. And it's much better for me now that I've recognized that for six weeks, I'm just going to be unhappy because it's hard. I'm learning where things are. I don't have my systems in place. I still don't have my things unpacked because that's not my strengths, right? Like everything feels really out of sorts in my life. And it's just going to feel bad for about six weeks. So even if this is what I want and everyone I love is here and everything should be good, it's not going to be good yet. And it's been very helpful to give myself kind of a period of feeling sad and just feeling out of sorts because that's how it is after you move. I think that is so important to say. I think especially if it's a move you wanted, you might have the expectation that it's going to be immediately magical when you get there. And to be like, no, it's a major life transition. And with all major life transitions, it's going to take time. And also on the opposite end, if it's a move that you didn't want, if it was a circumstance that you were not excited about, if you can give yourself six weeks to just feel like, you know, feel all the feelings of how sad, how much you need to grieve, all of those things, but kind of be like, but after six weeks, I can give myself permission to start saying, okay, okay, here I am. This isn't what I wanted, but it's time to start making the best of where I am now. So I love that six week timeline. I think it's so realistic and not something that maybe we would think of to do naturally. You know what I mean? Yeah, it took me a couple moves, especially moves where I really was expecting to feel one way and then I didn't. It took me a few moves to recognize the pattern to say, okay, this is how I am, right? It takes yes. me some time to adjust. And yeah. I assume it's similar for other people because it's a big upheaval. Yeah, absolutely. So you give yourself six weeks to kind of really get into the feelings of it all. And then kind of what do you expect for yourself as you look beyond those first six weeks? Yeah. So about after six months, you're going to have your systems down. You're going to start feeling more comfortable. You might see someone you know at the grocery store, right? Like you're going to be at that level, but you probably won't feel like you have your people yet. You're probably still going to feel like you're an outsider. You're probably still going to feel like, oh gosh, they probably don't know who I am. They probably don't want to see me, right? So it takes a long time to kind of feel settled into your people. And in my experience, it takes me about a year 
to start saying like, okay, these are friends that I trust, that I can call to go do something with, that I know what to expect from them. And that, you know, we now have a relationship that I start to feel comfortable with. So a year is a long time. And it is a long time, but it also isn't a long time because what you've built after a year is a level of comfort that it's something that won't go away, right? So I have friends, I have friends from everywhere I've lived really that are friends that I keep in touch with that are people in my life now that it took me a year to build that relationship, but now I have them forever. It is a long time, but it's also not a long time. So if you think about what you're building, you're building up kind of a long-term relationship and those relationships that really feed you. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And having grown up in Oklahoma and as a child, especially moving around in Oklahoma a lot, and then we've moved a couple of times as adults, I've noticed sometimes it can be, I'm sure it varies by region. In small towns in Oklahoma, people are often very friendly, but then not as open to like building new friendships. And so that took me a while to learn that that it was just kind of like the culture of certain small communities. Nobody was trying to exclude me. It's just that they kind of already had their long-term friendships in place. And it was going to take a while to bring somebody new into that dynamic. And that allowed me to give myself grace if I didn't feel like, oh, I should have deeper friendships by now. I've lived here for nine months or whatever. And also give grace to the people who've been in the community for a long time that, like you were saying, those long-term, more meaningful friendships, they do just take time to develop. Sometimes we feel the pain of it more when we are new, but I think it's kind of true across the board that good friendships do take time to build. Yeah, and so you are going to be lonely that first year, but you know, whoever you had wherever you just came from, they still exist. And we live in the era of phones and internet, right? So you can figure out how to fill your cup in other ways while you're also working on building those friendships. And it's hard and it's lonely, but it's not for forever. There is an end. And the really magical part of being new somewhere is that you have a golden ticket to any social event, to meeting friends, You know, I know, Meg, you do a lot of shows about adult friendships and how it can be hard to initiate adult friendships. Yes. When you move, you have a free pass to be as awkward as you want because you can butt (laughs) into any conversation and say, I'm new here. I don't know anything. Please help me. That's a great conversation starter and a great, yes, a great in on things just to be like, hi, I'm new. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It is an opportunity that you do not have when you've lived in a community for 20 years. If you That's so true. If you for 20 years and get aggressive about making friends, people are going to look at you <laughs> weird, right? So you have this opportunity and you really want to capitalize on it. So you really want to make it clear. I am new. I need friends. Like say it loudly every time you meet someone. And then the other thing that is a really good kind of intro is asking people to be experts on where they live. Oh, so smart. You ask them for advice. Ask where they get their hair done. Ask where they go to the dentist. Tell them you can't find your favorite yogurt and you need advice about where to find your favorite yogurt, right? Like people love giving advice and being experts about their area. And you also need a new dentist, right? Like even if you don't get a friendship, you're getting a new dentist. So it all works out, right? (laughs) (laughs) right but going out of your way and saying like please help me figure these things out is such a great kind of social icebreaker 
it really is. Yeah. And people usually have really big opinions about those things too. Like oh, yeah. I've noticed in local Facebook groups or on next door, if somebody does come in and say like, I'm new in town and we need a pediatrician. Oh my gosh, the comments just start coming in. So yeah. yes, people love to give recommendations and advice on those things. So that's so smart. Exactly. Well, I've done it a lot, right? <laughs> but it does, it really helps and it can kick off some kind of easier conversations because now you already have a thing that you're talking about, right? So it's kind of a socially easier way to approach people that you don't have in other situations that maybe you haven't practiced before because maybe you haven't moved before. And then the other thing that I really like to do when I'm making friends in a new place is I like to find some sort of a structured activity that has a regular meeting. So I always, my first thing I do is I always try and find a book club because I Mm. know no matter how I'm feeling, I can talk about books with a stranger who's also interested in books and anyone in a book club should be interested in talking about books. So there you go. They're going to meet regularly. I'm going to show up. And then all of a sudden, I'll have a group of women who at least I can talk about books with at the very least. Yeah. Yes. So I always find a book club. I've also had a lot of luck with meetups. So meetup is an app. It might also be a website where people get together and usually do things around hobby. So there are hiking ones. There are, you know, trivia night ones. I started a card game night because I like playing cards and my husband was tired of playing with me. (laughs) (laughs) So I found like a coffee shop that was open late and I just started a card game night and I met a lot of friends that way. So like it was low commitment for me. It was like once a month I would go out and play cards, but I made a lot of friends that way. Yes. I love that. I actually love to play cards too. And I feel like (laughs) no one ever wants to play cards with me. Is there any chance y'all's next move could bring you to Oklahoma City is what I'm wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other benefit of starting your own meetup is you can make it on your own schedule. So whatever's convenient for you, now you're the boss of your Say, Look, Tuesday nights work for me. We're doing it Tuesday nights. There you go. Yes, that is a really good point about just like starting the thing that you want to have in your life, which is good advice, whether you're new in a community or not. If you're trying to branch out and either do a thing more, like if it is a hobby based thing and you just kind of want to do it more, you need that motivation, you could start your own, but certainly tagging into one that's already formed. It's a perfect way to just even if you don't make like instant friends, you at least feel like you're having some tangible face-to-face interaction with people in your community. Exactly. And I really like the ones that are centered around an activity because then you're not yes. you know, networking with strangers right. and small talk. You're doing something. Yeah. You can focus on the activity. You don't have to be focused on the weird social interactions, talking about whatever it is that you have to come up with that's very stressful. Totally. Yes, yes, yes. A few other tips for kind of like really inserting yourself into friend situations. I have reached out to friends of friends. So I had a friend from my high school Spanish class. Her college roommate lived in a town that I was moving to and she was great. And we got together a lot. So like, have I spoken with my high school friend from Spanish class in 15 years? Nope. Did I know her college roommate? Nope. Like this woman was a complete stranger and she was lovely. And so there was one person that I knew and she went out of her way to invite me to things. And I went out of my way to invite her to things. And then we became friends and I met her friends. And there you go. So sometimes you do have to put yourself out there, but you also have that, you know, I'm new here card and no one's going to judge you for awkwardly saying, does anyone know anyone that lives here? Yes. Yeah. You know, that's so true. A dear friend of mine who lives here in Oklahoma City, a superstar awesome named Stephanie, 
we met because we had a mutual friend who lived in her community that I knew from blogging. And when our mutual friend heard that Stephanie was moving to Oklahoma City, she was like, oh my gosh, I know just who to connect you with. And it's turned into a wonderful, wonderful friendship. I'm the godmother, Kyle and our godparents to their youngest baby. See? Yeah, all because she put it out there. I'm going to Oklahoma City and I don't know a soul. And our friend connected us. And I think that's something we don't think about enough especially in the days of like social media, if you're moving and if you feel comfortable, you know, depending on the platform you're on, if you feel comfortable sharing what community you're going to be in, put it out there. Like we're moving here and we don't know anybody. Who do you know? Who can you connect us with? It's such a great way to have kind of a boots on the ground person to at least start with. Even if you don't build a long-term friendship, they can at least be the person who's like, oh no, no, you don't want to go to that dentist. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And sometimes that's all you need. You just need someone local to say, you know, I've got the scoop. Here's what you need. And then the last one might have originated. This time might have originated in the awesome community, but my sister uses it. She just moved this summer and my niece is seven. She's very outgoing. And my sister made my niece business cards with her phone number on it saying, if okay. you want a play date, here is my mom's number. And my sister so has met so many other families and so many other moms because my niece has been handing out her business card at the playground. Oh my gosh, that is brilliant. I bet that did come from the hanging. Probably awesome did. level advice. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so smart. And when you have small children, it is actually easier to like use them. Yes. <laughs> exactly. It's so, a way to make connections. Yes. So that one, I don't know who to give credit to, but I'm going to give interim credit to my sister. She's doing well. She's made a lot of friends that way. So, you know, just print up your own little kid business card. Brilliant. And then the last piece of advice is when someone tells you that they're new in town, go out of your way and ask them to have coffee, ask them to your book club, ask them to whatever it is, because it is so hard. So really pay it forward and, you know, be a little generous and it doesn't have to be a long-term friendship, but just, you know, go out of your way and say, call me if you need a dentist, right? Like call me if you need advice with local things. I'd be happy to tell you that because that's something that, I've had people do for me and say, you know, just say, hey, I know that you're new and I know how hard that is. Let's get lunch next week. And it has been some of the kindest things that people have done for me when we've moved. So if you are ever in that situation, I know the awesomes are up for it, that reaching out and saying, just let's have a coffee. Yes. You're going to be okay. You're in the worst six weeks. It's going to get better. Kate said it would get better if she knows. Yes. I love that. I know the awesomes who are listening that I absolutely feel like that would be true of our community, that they would be the ones that are reaching out to say, hey, I can tell you're new, you know, here's my number or whatever. And to help ease that transition for somebody else is truly an awesome thing to do. So, oh my goodness, Kate, this has been so incredibly helpful. The practical stuff, the, you know, social and emotional stuff. You've covered it all for us. I feel like so many of us are going to be so much more prepared. And I feel like this is a great conversation that people can pass on to friends or even, you know, like you said, to college students, people who are like new to the whole thing of moving out on your own. There's some great stuff in here. So as a reminder, people can usually find you in the hangout. You're active in there and in our other sort of awesome communities online, but definitely in the hangout, right? Yep. All right. That's the best place. Okay. 
And if you want to find Sorta Awesome just generally on social media, please do, because like I said, we're going to be sharing Kate's tips and advice, your her list for what you need to move into a completely empty house and be there with nothing for a few days. So we'll have that on our social media. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Sorta Awesome Hangout or on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. If you are looking for me on social media, you can find me at Sorta Awesome Meg in all the places. Kate, thank you so much for taking the time to put all of this together and for sharing it with our awesome community. Oh, it was my pleasure. Always love to have you here. Such great conversations. Awesomes, thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. 